Forward 54th is a battle cry for the freedom of the African-American troops in South Carolina. Did it work? Next time on History Timeout. After the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863, African-Americans lined up by the numbers to join a military force that would ultimately fight for their freedom. The most famous of these units is the 54th Massachusetts. Here are my six points about the 54th. First point, the Battle of Antietam, which took place in 1862, September of 1862, it was one of the bloodiest, well, it was the bloodiest um, day of the American Civil War. I want to say like at least 20,000 people on both sides, Confederates and uh, Union, were um, casualties. This is going to lead to the Emancipation Proclamation in January of 1863. Lincoln figured out that, hey, we lost over 20,000 people. We need to have a battle tactic because this, is, this needs to be done. By emancipating the African Americans in the uh, states that were still in rebellion, he had hoped to gain a lot more than just free African Americans. He wanted them to be soldiers as well. Point two, Robert Goldshaw from Massachusetts was asked to lead the 54th Massachusetts. This was not by accident. Shaw was a soldier that fought in Antietam and he, his parents was also some of the biggest name uh, abolitionists in Massachusetts. They ran in the same circle as Frederick Douglass. So that's point number three. When Frederick Douglass um, gets wind of the Emancipation Proclamation, he had been pushing Lincoln for the longest time to free slaves. And now that they are, he's also pushing Lincoln to let him or let Massachusetts come up with their own troops for African-Americans. Douglass was so excited about this that he would, uh, he would ask could his two sons volunteer and um, they both fought very bravely and their journals are also available uh, to be read. Point four, Robert Shaw is killed in July 18th, 1863, along with many of his men. As he was going to storm over the fort walls, he pushes, he tries to single-handedly push his troops forward um, because they were starting to kind of um, go back some because they were scared, understandably. So this is the first time African-Americans would be able to see, um, see action like this. And so he fought for his guys to get that type of action. And then when they started to falter, he um, picks up his sword and he picks up his pistol and he was going over the wall. I think it said he might have been shot two to three times, um, was killed instantly. Uh, point four. The Confederates, because Shaw was the leader of these African-American troops, they thought it would be a funny thing, a good idea, a, like almost an insult, if not an insult, to his parents, to Shaw's parents, to bury him with his soldiers. They used some dirty language when they sent this letter saying what they had done. Um, there was also some notations that when PGT Beauregard had gotten the news, the guys that was in charge of Fort Wagner, um, the Confederacy, 
they said some stuff that was, you know, not really suitable for what this purpose is today. But just do know that it was intended as an insult. His father, Francis Shaw, writes back, and he basically says, I think my son is okay where he is. He would have loved, he would have, you know, loved to rest next to the guys that he served alongside. Um, so it, they took it as, they took it as a, a compliment. And I think that kind of just like took the air out of the Confederacy a little bit. Point five, and I think this is one of the most important points that I can make throughout these, this entire series. William Carney is going to be the first African-American Medal of Honor win, winner. He does this that, um, at that same battle of Fort Wagner um, by carrying the flag, the American flag, over the side of the walls. He was wounded when he does it. Um, he was he was seriously wounded when he carries the flag. He actually makes it back over to their side, and then he said he he kind of point blank says, "Hey, that flag never touched the ground," meaning that I did not disrespect this flag. This flag means a lot to us. So, do we have a winning uh, thing with the 54th Massachusetts? Up next is the instant replay. Instant replay. This is where I give the pros that I think um, the topic of discussion has, as well as some cons, and that will lead me to my um, my review of the play. All right. So for the pros, these are the things that I think was helpful or that it was good. One pro: this is like you cannot deny that this was a brilliant battle tactic on the part of Abraham Lincoln. As we all know, when he first won the election of 1860, he wasn't going to free the slaves, and he said that he was not going to free the slaves. He wanted to preserve the Union. Well, when the Civil War lasts a lot longer than the six months to a year that I think he was kind of looking for, and it just kept pushing on and on and on, and the Confederacy seemed that, you know, they seemed to be getting stronger, stronger, stronger. I think by this time he, especially with the loss at Antietam, um, he needed to replace the numbers. What better way to replace the numbers than to get men um, and sometimes women, we, um, I'll do a show about that later, but some women did fight in the Civil War as well. But what, what, a be, what better way to um, get all of that anger out as well as to replenish your troops by allowing the black soldiers to fight? Point two of my pros, Shaw's family, his, the, their response to the burial request of the Confederacy. Like I said at the top, it takes away some of that air, that hot air that the Confederacy was blowing. And I, I would love to think that while they was making this response, the Confederacy was kind of drawn back by it. And I think that, again, it took away some of their confidence because now you have a family that has to bury their white kid along with these black soldiers, and that was seen, uh, I'm going to say, uh, countrywide at the time, as something that was an insult. Blacks and whites did not generally mix like that, and so for a white man to be um, buried with his soldiers, that's kind of unheard of. 
And so I think, again, when Shaw's family responded, they took away some of that haughtiness that the Confederacy was trying to portray. My last pro, and I think this is the most important one, the African-Americans proved their worth time and time and time and again in South Carolina. South Carolina is the first, uh, South Carolina is the first state to secede from the Union in 1860. There, like, if you ask anybody, South Carolina is typically the state that is thought of to start the Civil War. Of course, Fort Sumter happens here in April of 1861. So, when this all said and done, you look at the assault on Fort Wagner, the second assault of Fort Wagner is what it's called. You look at things like Harriet Tubman. She was here during that assault, if I'm, I'm remembering correctly. She was running spy stuff back and forth at this time. You have Robert Smalls, who become, who's from that Buford area. He's going to be a major force um, to Lincoln. So... Blacks are now proofing, here it is, 1863 to 1865, African Americans are proving that they are much more than property. They have rights too, and I think this is what ultimately, I, I would like to think anyways, that this is what ultimately pushes Lincoln over the edge as far as coming up with the 13th Amendment, which um, gives them freedom. Cons. Um, Unfortunately, and this is a big one, slavery has similarities to being in the military. And I think the movie Glory, um, 1988, I think, I think that movie kind of hit on that fact more, in more ways than one. It was a lot like being in slavery. Um, you have to follow orders. Uh, you, you could get punished, and back then you was getting beaten. Um, if you did something wrong, you can't run away. This is things you had to, if you was an African-American during the Civil War era, you had to do manual labor, bury the bodies, cook, you had to clean. These are things that typically a slave is doing. Um, so, I, you know, to join the military, I would think as soon as where it got out of the treatment of the soldiers in the military, this might kind of um, stales the African-American response just a little bit. Um, you know, and the very fact that they wasn't even allowed to have weapons um, at first. Point two, respect is very hard to come by. It should not, ladies and gentlemen, had to take uh, them dying in the assault on Fort Wagner. It should not have taken somebody like Robert Smalls to run away with his family just to get freedom. It should not take, say, the contraband issue in Norfolk, um, excuse me, Hampton, Virginia. It should not have, take, have to take those actions by African-Americans for them to have respect, but it didn't. And then the last point is, and, it, and I have a question mark on my notes by this. The last point is Shaw being seen as the white savior. Um, unfortunately, this is stuff that you will run up against when it comes to having a white man over a soldier full of black men that you will 
have some people to analyze that point in history and say, well, it's a white savior complex. I'm not sure if I think that's what it is. I do know as a young 20-something person, Schultz did have his tendencies that were like um, the tendencies that was like those in the 19th century America. Were those tendencies sometimes awful? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was the white savior complex there? I don't know. I, I'm still researching that, and I'm hoping that you, after you hear this, um, do your diligence as well and see what you can come up with. Up next, my uh, review of the play. I accidentally said review of the play. I meant to say my ruling on the field. Anyways, here goes what I think. This is my ruling on the field. After looking at the pros and cons and looking at the six points about the 54th Massachusetts, I do believe that this was, again, this was a really good idea. Um, whether or not it was intended as such for President Lincoln, I don't know. Um, I do know it was a battle tactic, I, and I do hardly believe that it was a battle tactic and nothing more used by him. But I think what he didn't realize and what a lot of other people didn't realize is the bravery of these soldiers. This is going to push Lincoln to do the right thing, what he should have done in 1860. I think, too, that here it is in 1863, these soldiers are starting to get their backbone. They are going to start defending themselves. And they're like, dare I say it, they get out their revenge. In 1740, South Carolina comes up with these slave codes that basically strips the rights of black people who were enslaved here. Um, in 1863, you see them getting revenge for those slave codes because South Carolina was not the only one to have harsh slave codes. Are they, is the white community scared when African Americans are uh, fighting? You, bet, you better believe they was. I think so, um, especially with the Confederacy. I do think that because of Fort Wagner, it could also be considered a turning point um, when you have African Americans joining in this war, you have African Americans acting as a force it does cause the Confederacy, and again, this is in my opinion, it does cause the Confederacy to kind of slip back for a second and kind of consider what's going on. Does it, does it lead to the end of the Civil War, or was it a big turning point like Gettysburg or Vicksburg? I don't think so, but I think it's a significant one nonetheless. And again, my, uh, my ruling and the importance of all of this Look at William Carney. William Carney fought for a country that many people um, sent him. If you live in the United States of America, if you are a black soldier, especially during the Civil War, World War I, World War II, any of those wars up until the Civil Rights Movement, if you're a black soldier, you're fighting for a country that did not want to really fight for you. That's it for now. Thank you.